The Isle of Man General Election 2021 coverage on Manx Radio. It's just after 7 o'clock. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andy Wenton. We're live tonight for the House of Keys general election debate with the candidates in Ramsey, the town in the northeast of the Isle of Man, bordered by Garth to the southeast and Eyre and Michael to the northwest and southwest. Now, Ramsey is often referred to as Royal Ramsey following the visit of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert in 1847, which led to the construction of the landmark Albert Tower, after which His Royal Highness climbed to the top of the hill overlooking the town and the northern plain. We're live tonight at the Mitre in Ramsey. Now, prior to the dissolution of the House of Keys on the 12th of August, the MHKs were Dr. Alex Allenson and Laurie Hooper. Tonight, you'll hear candidates Dr. Allenson, Robert Cowell, Laurie Hooper, Jonathan Kinraid, Simon Mann, Luke Parker, Leonard Singer, and Erica Spencer. Just a quick uh, mention, by the way, there was what they used to call a requisition meeting um, on the uh, 9th of September at the Bund School Rumsa. There's now an additional one, which is on Monday the 20th at the West Hall at RGS. Just an extra, what they used to call, well, it's now a pre-election meeting, was a requisition meeting. So, first amongst the candidates, now, and I want to go to Laurie Hooper. Laurie, um, there was a stabbing in Ramsey. What is the situation regarding anti-social behaviour in Ramsey? It's a tricky one, I think, Andy. Uh, the Isle of Man, we know, has problems. Uh, we've seen that, I think, uh, in the last couple of months. Um, really, I think, to my mind, it comes down to a lack of social care, lack of social support, lack of availability of some of the services, which means people often end up getting a little bit left behind, uh, I think, uh, which then obviously produces itself in behaviours like we do, unfortunately, see uh, on our streets. Jonathan Kinraid. Yeah, lack of social care, um, lack of community policing, possibly, as well. I know a lot of people like to see bobbies on the beat and that sort of thing. Education, difficult to cover it within education, I'd say really social care and catching these issues at an early age, identifying them and putting the right people in place to try and sort them out. Simon Mann. Yes, well, first of all, our thoughts and prayers goes out to the two families involved in that incident. One was a police officer and one was a member of our community, my understanding is. Uh, you've got to look at all these incidents as, as with the facts as they occur. They're all slightly different. But it certainly is a sign of, of a deteriorating state in our town and it has to be seriously addressed. Is it worse than it was? It's certainly worse. I go back to 1976. Many people in Ramsey will, will be aware of the, often the, the, the large fights and so on that used to occur in our, in our pubs. They were mainly drink-related drink in those days, but I'm afraid today some of the more serious incidents we're seeing are directly related to abuse of drugs. I'm Robert. not saying this particular incident was, because we don't know the facts. Okay, Robert Cowell. Yeah, thank you very much. For me, this is an exceptionally rare event within Ramsey. I think we're very lucky to have a very good, safe town. Obviously, the policing in our town, maybe there's opportunity for more in Ramsey. Um, social care where required. And for me, I think we have 99.9% .9 of our citizens of Ramsey are good, law-abiding people, and uh, we can't tar the whole town with an exceptionally rare situation. Uh, Alex Anderson. 
This is a very rare situation. Ramsey has got a great community spirit and it is a safe town to live in. But as the Chief Constable said in his recent report, there has been a rise in violent crime to, related to the pandemic, related to the lockdown and also related to, to drugs. What we need is to emphasise the community policing that's already taking place, but also for the, the community to get behind that and work together to make sure this never happens again. Luke Parker. Yes, as already uh, said, domestic abuse is on the rise, mental health issues are on the rise, and one of the key things that government needs to do is support government areas as well as charities and organisations that are currently on Ireland and financially support them, give them the resources that they require to prevent this further as well. Leonard Singer. I think uh, it, it is, it's very regrettable, very upsetting. Um, it's unfortunate it's happening. I think a lot of it is due possibly to um, young people particularly after school, there's, n there's nobody actually who looks, looks after them. They're left on their own. There, are, there, is a lot of drug, there is a drug problem on the island. There's no doubt that youngsters from 9, 10 and 11 are, um, are groomed for, dr for drugs and they take drugs. Alcohol, I think, is still part of it. I think the police have got to, can take a... If we saw more police on the streets, I think that would also help. Erica Spencer. Yes, I, I think this is born out of um, a lack of social opportunities and a lack of support for people who are experiencing problems, whether they be mental problems or um, problems of a more personal nature. I think that there's very little opportunity for those people to engage into society, which causes frustration, and you get these very isolated incidents of... Um, Criminal Are there enough police on the streets of Ramsey? There could be more police on the streets of Ramsey, and I know that the police are quite sort of strapped, really, for police officers, um, obviously, with the limited number of officers that we have across the island. Um, the police may be called out, and in which case that takes bobbies off the beach. Is there enough for young people to do in Ramsey? No, definitely not, not in my opinion. There's no after-school clubs, or there's very few. There's not a lot for people to get involved in young people after school, as, as Leonard has just said, um, during the weekends and things, especially during the winter. There is very little for young people to do and little opportunity for them to meet up. Leonard Singer? Um, the I, uh, the um, problem is that the youth clubs, as I understand it, are open for during the term time, but out of term time, there's no youth clubs. Uh, so I think if, if it's very good for children on the island if they're sporty, because there's plenty to do and for sporty, but if they're not sporty, then they do. They will tend to, where did they go? They, they would be on the corner of the street. Um, it's, we've got to do something. And also the police um, knew the, the incentive now for the police, neighbourhood neighborhood policing, I should say, hopefully that will be able to help also. And Laurie Hooper, any thoughts on that? It's an interesting one. So when I've been out talking to people on the doorstep, the, the issues that have come up around more stuff to do in Ramsey have been uh, quite varied. The, one of them was someone suggested expanding the skate park to provide more of a facility down there. There's also been a lot of talk about uh, whether we can make better use of school facilities because those facilities we have in Ramsey actually are pretty fantastic, if I'm honest. Uh, and then uh, a lot of people have been talking as well about the younger, right at the younger end, actually, is there enough in town indoors for sort of two, four, six-year-olds to do? And these are all really uh, valid questions to ask. The question I, I've always asked back is, well, Actually, is it government's job to provide these kind of services, or is that really something the commissioners can help with? 
Well, there used to be a nightclub. There used to, I mean, Bar Logo is closed now. So how much is there for people, for young people to do in, in Ramsey, Jonathan Kinraid, or do they have to go to Douglas? It is an issue. Um, it would be nice to see more bars and facilities and entertainment complexes, all those sort of things. You do have to, of course, bear in mind the size and the population of the town and what's, what's commercially but viable. there used to be a nightclub. There did used to be a nightclub, yeah. Um, so you, uh, uh, young people will grow up and find that there's nothing to do in Ramsey and, you know, the devil will make work for idle hands sometimes. Yeah, and that's a key part of my manifesto, is trying to encourage more people back to the town and then these there's more reason then for these places to open up. Robert Cow. Thank you. For young people, we were talking there about facilities for playgrounds and BMX tracks in the park, and we've quickly turned our focuses to nightclubs and bars and what have you. Um, and chip shops. And well, if you want to come to the chip shop, thanks very much. <laughs> the, um, my thing with nightlife is that if you put, it's down to individual businesses. The business market should see an opportunity to make some money and say, you know what, we'll put a nightclub in Ramsey. But I think if you tried to do that, you'd have serious opposition from the police force. So on one side, you, you don't want a nightclub because it's going to cause antisocial behaviour. And on the other side of the coin, we've got antisocial behaviour because potentially we haven't got enough police. So we go round and round in a circle where you know, we have to start providing more police potentially and be more open to new business in the town, whether that's nightclubs or bars or what have you. Alex Anderson? Yeah, I mean, we, we do have a club just downstairs from us. Um, what used to be the schooner bar has reopened and is doing functions. We've got quite a lot in Ramsey, both in terms of the, the provision from the commissioners, government and the private sector as well. What we need to do is engage those young people who aren't taking part in sports, who aren't taking part in youth activities, and ask them why and try to make sure that they are not left behind. OK. Um, it didn't take us long to come to the M word, the M word is marina. Uh, Simon Mann, what's your opinion? Yes, well, I've been against that scheme from 2019. It had crazy written all over it then, and it's still got crazy written all over it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, Ramsey isn't against investment, and it's not against uh, having some improvement for, for the, you know, the sailing and cruising fraternity. But when you're talking of actually what will ultimately be selling the public beach to provide uh, expensive housing for a limited number of people. I'm afraid that is something, that's a step too far. So are you against marinas in principle or this one in particular? C certain, certainly not. We've got marinas around the island and other places and there's room for further marinas. But just not that particular scheme and not in Ramsey. Erica Spencer. Am I for the marina or against it? Uh, on South Beach, most certainly against it for a, a large number of reasons. And if there were another one, another option for a marina? Well, one option that the people of Ramsey have been talking about is in the old part of the <coughs> harbour on the way to the Murrug Park. But instead of just having a marina where people will come and leave their super yachts and, and go home, something where we can have more... Uh, freshwater activities where we can have huts and people can come and hire boards and maybe do scuba diving and things like that, which will bring more people from around the island to Ramsey and it'll provide more opportunities for young people that we've just been talking about and for the people of Ramsey. Leonard Singer. Well, I was the first person, Andy, to, when this came, it re-emerged. There was no opposition to it at all. Our MHKs didn't stand up and say, we oppose it. I, st I was the first one to stand up and say, I, I, will, I will stand for election and I am totally opposed 
to the use of that public, it's a public beach, it's been a, a public beach for generations. And to, to <coughs> think that, you're, that the, the people, these people can come along and take our public beach is wrong. So I'm not waiting for any feasibility studies or, or waiting to see uh, whether it complies with conditions or not. I'm just saying no. I oppose a marina pro proposal because it would destroy everything that Ramsey means. And if I'm elected, I will take this item to Tinwald. It'll be voiced in Tinwald at the earliest opportunity. And I will ask Tinwald to oppose, to oppose any, to support opposition to any, any building or anything on this beach. It's a public beach and it should stay a public beach. Luke Parker. Yeah, so the, obviously the marina being built on the South Beach, I am opposed to it. There's many, many reasons, not just um, looking-wise, but just commercially viable and things. As you already mentioned about and marinas in general in Ramsey, while that sounds great, and I think it would add an attraction somewhat to Ramsey, is it financially viable? A big part of me is no. While it becomes a very nice boat park, we as, as government and also as local authorities have to really look into this very, very carefully. It has to be commercially viable, self-sustaining financially. It doesn't need to be a derelict boat park and then, lo and behold, well, from the boats that are parked there paying for it, it ends up as us taxpayers paying for people to park their boats or people not even parking their boats because it becomes too expensive. Alex Allenson. Well, I mean, when this first um, came about, about three years ago now, I, I've always said I'm, I'm in favour of a marina within the harbour area, and I'm also in favour of people investing in Ramsey. So I kept a very much an open mind. Unfortunately, in the last three years, we've seen nothing develop. So did the people behind the idea of having a, a, a coastal marina haven't signed any documents with the DOI. DEFRA have produced lots of environmental concerns about it. In those last three years, we've also had the entire Ramsey Bay declared a marine nature reserve as well. So I really don't see how this will ever get off the ground. And if they did want to actually advance this, to actually give a lease would have to go before Timwald. So I think we're, we're arguing about something which I, I genuinely do not think will happen. Why do you think these people have dragged their heels? I mean, the, the last 18 months, obviously, yeah. but... I, I think that there are, there are a whole range of reasons. I think the people behind the initial concept don't have the necessary financial backing to go forward. They haven't progressed any plans with government, but what they have done is cause quite a bit of concern and anxiety amongst the people of Ramsey, which is showing now in this election. You think they don't have the money? I've met with the people behind the marina concept and I've asked them to be upfront and honest with the people of Ramsey in terms of their future intentions, and I hope they will. Robert Cowell. Thank you. So, yeah, for me, uh, we're kind of missing the point in some ways. The marine leisure industry across the UK is a multi-million pound business, and we need to be tapping into that. Um, there's no debate, in my opinion, that Marina does redevelop a town. So we've seen it's Peel. With Peel. It, Peel has worked. Douglas Quayside, very nice too. It has worked, okay? So Ramsey needs redevelopment. So for me, I fully support a Marina in the Inner Harbour, the government owned the land, I think, from Swimming Pool to Approach Road, so we've got the land there to do something with. Perfect, and it would redevelop our town. And importantly for me, from a tourism point of view, it would bridge the gap between the town and the Moorwood Park that currently tourists get lost. Okay, I feel like this is deja vu. 20 years ago, in 2001, we were in this very room talking about Dean and Dybel. Laurie Hooper. 
So I think a, a marina in and of itself probably isn't what we're looking for in Ramsey. What we're looking for, I think, is an inner harbour regeneration to help lift up the whole quayside, the whole area, the whole place that, that actually Rob's just talked about. In terms of will there be anything on the South Beach, the answer to that is absolutely no. Uh, it can't be, uh, not just because I think the people of Ramsey are opposed to it, but because it is a de designated and protected marine nature reserve. It's got legal protection, it's got planning protection, and in order for anything to be built on that piece of land, government would have to throw out its strategic plan, its climate plan, its biosphere status. It's absolutely madcap idea and I think anyone who's promulgating the idea that it even has a legs even has the potential of happening is being a little bit misleading. Madcap? Absolutely. Jonathan Kinraid? I agree with a lot of what's been said. There is, in my mind, no way on earth we've, we've used the phrase public beach. It is a public beach. When's the last time somebody was allowed to build on a public beach? It simply can't be allowed to happen. It wouldn't be allowed to happen and especially on a marine nature reserve. Investment into the town, the quayside, the harbour and some sort of interface to the freshwater activities or seawater activities in the lake in the, lake, in the Murak Lake. Yeah, I'd be absolutely on board with looking into that. Now, Jonathan Kinraid, one of your um, uh, planks is that Ramsey needs a lift. Yes. Ramsey, Ramsey needs how much of a lift and how to do it? <laughs> it I think you could start with the basics, um, just the, the very simple basics. A bit of tidying up. But is Ramsey quaint or tired? I'd say tired. It might not be a very popular opinion. I'd, I'd say it looks a bit tired at the moment and could do with a bit so of investment. So who's going to lead that? Is that government, businesses, opportunity, combination of the two? A bit of both. It's a bit of government in conjunction with the um, commissioners who then work with the residents, get the residents on board and supporting what's trying to be done and local business and business that aren't already in Ramsey, get them on board and give them a reason to come up here and investigate opening up in the town. Alex Allenson. I mean, in terms of Ramsey, I don't think it's tired. Um, it needs some improvement, absolutely. Any town needs some improvement. Any town needs to revitalise itself. What we have in Ramsey is a really coherent community. We also have some excellent commissioners who have gone out of their way to, to do things like the skate park, the Morag Park, the, the, the wet play area that's there. All of them are bringing people into the town. What we need to do is build that collaboration between central government, who often have the money, local government, who know what the people need, and private enterprise so we can work together for the good of the people of Ramsey. Robert Cowell. Exactly that. It's all about cohesion. So local government and central government need to work together. I, I, is Ramsey tired? I, th I think in places Ramsey's falling down. You know, I think it's a disgrace how bad the state of the town is. And uh, a few years ago we had the regeneration of the street and the, and the uh, courthouse area and funds were put aside and spent, but there's no ongoing fund. So you can spend all your money and make the place great, but there's not the upkeep and the maintenance money. And sometimes you go a block and a half away and there are houses falling down. Agreed. Why is that? So we need to be continually investing in the town all the time, not just once in a blue moon. What about the owners of derelict properties? Agreed. A very difficult situation where if someone doesn't want to do something, how can you force their hand? But it's getting to the point where slates fall off a roof or bits of masonry fall off a building and clatter a car and thank, thankfully it was a car and not a human being. You know, we're getting to the stage now where we might have to say, you need to improve your building and if you don't do it, we'll do it and then you'll be charged. Issue uh, an immediate improvement order. Exactly that. Or we'll compulsory purchase it, renovate it and sell it on the private market. Laurie Hooper. So I think part of it does come down to that question of how you force improvements, and actually the commissioners already have the legal powers to do that. So the question in the back of my mind is why the commissioners aren't doing that more often. So uh, Rob also mentioned there there's no funding available. There is regeneration funding still available in the pot, uh, again, but you need someone there to grab that and spend it, whether it's local businesses or whether it's, it's the commissioners. And I think from a government perspective, the key thing that the government can and should be doing uh, to support businesses and to support Ramsey in terms of a regeneration is actually building that critical mass in town. So getting more government workers in town, supporting 
supporting more businesses opening in town, supporting more events happening in town. These are all the things that are in train but need to be stepped up, I think, to build that critical mass. Erica Spencer. I agree that Ramsey Town. <coughs> excuse me. I agree that Ramsey Town needs a lot more money spending on it, but I don't think Ramsey community is sleepy or tired at all. I think it's a very vibrant community, a very frustrated community that we are seeing buildings that are falling down and many brownfield sites where we've had promise of, of redevelopment and this just hasn't happened. Um, I think what Ramsey needs is. Um, it needs rejuvenation, but it needs the right kind of rejuvenation. Can I just say, uh, I know we've, we've passed the marina, and we clearly we, we are all against any kind of development on the South Beach. But remember, Peel is facing millions of pounds every so many years to remove the silt from their marina. Yeah. There is no way that the marina is making any money for the Isle of Man. Uh, there's also the problems of what you do with the silt. So we need to be very careful and we need to understand what kind of regeneration is feasible. And a lot of that is going to be born out of the economy, attracting more businesses, as people have said. Simon Mann. Yes, well, Ramsey is in the worst state I've seen it in 40 years. And considering tonight that we've got two sitting members who've been in office for five years, we've got ex-members and members of the commissioners here, they're looking out on the fruits of their labours. It's a complete mess. Now what Ramsey needs at this stage is a regeneration programme with all the major stakeholders involved in something similar to the scheme that was, was first uh, done in Douglas under Douglas 2000, I think it was, where between the, the major stakeholders in the town, you draw up a scheme of actually what the people in Ramsey want for their town, not what somebody thinks they can impose on the town. Do you think Ramsey lacks ambition? Yes, I think, I think actually there's, a, there's a, a tremendous spirit in Ramsey. There always has been. And there's a pride in the town. And I think people are walking around this town at the moment and they're feeling very upset. I'm upset when I see the state of it. I, I used to, to patrol this town back in the 70s. And it was a town that was pretty nearly immaculate. There were good businesses here and so on. And, and, and it's a crying shame to see the state it's in. And I'm sorry, but... You've got people sitting in this room now and on, on this panel who've been in the, in the positions have been able to do something about it. And it takes guts and tenacity to go out and do something for this town. We've got vacant sites here that have sat vacant. Demolition sites. Look at the state of the school site over there. They knock down a building and just leave it. Luke Parker. Yes, yeah, so uh, following from what Mr Mann said, I actually think the town is gradually under lift. We're coming out of COVID situations. Unfortunately, that will have a negative impact on all businesses. Um, we've had, uh, obviously, key work done on the park itself. I pushed within regeneration area with our wet play area with the housing department commissioners. Like Mr. Hooper already mentioned, commissioners does have powers with derelict buildings and things. And we ourselves, over the past five years, have pushed for encouraging those redevelopments. One key aspect that does hold, especially Parliament Street back, is we are under conservational planning. So we are restrained, or the people that own those properties are financially restrained or governed of what they can also do with those properties. And they need to be really looked into. Having been on the commissioners for the past five years, we have talked with those conservation officers, but unfortunately, those officers keep changing. And they keep changing off working with people and then all of a sudden not working with people. And that needs to stop. It needs to be co coherent across all areas. Leonard Singer. 
Uh, there's no doubt when you go around the town and you look at the infrastructure, particularly the roads and the pavements, it's horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. And nothing's been done and it should be done. The other thing is that we need government incentives to bring business to Ramsey because if businesses, they tend not, don't, want, don't particularly want to come north. Well, I was going to bring this, this subject in and we're almost at halfway now, so I'll bring it. Now, in the past, there's been talk of bringing government departments to Ramsey. How likely is that? How possible is it? Well, this has been looked at for years. And the problem has been, if you, you can't really bring a large department here because there's no uh, buildings that would accommodate them. So it would mean uh, probably building. And that's, we don't want government to go to that expense. Um, but you could bring smaller departments and sections of departments to work here. But then we did have a very big company that offered, uh, had 300 jobs here, a private company, not long ago, and the th everybody said, this is fantastic, because the people are going to, it's going to really boost the town. And it didn't. People maybe went out for a sandwich. They came here, because they didn't live here, went out for a sandwich lunchtime, and went home. So it didn't really boost the town as was expected. OK, Erica Spencer, do you think we should try and get a government department or part of a government department to Ramsey? Well, I, I learned today that the education department is moving out of Douglas and they're going to move down to St John's, the Faisal Wallian, which is already um, quite a, a packed building. And that's a missed opportunity because the education department could very well have moved to one of the towns. Obviously, Ramsey would be number one, but um, could have moved to one of the towns around the Isle of Man. As Leonard just said, even if they only go out at lunchtime and buy a sandwich or go and have somewhere to eat, then at least they're doing that and they see things in the shop, they might bring their families back to buy. Okay, uh, Alex Allenson. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a vested interest because I, I was responsible for moving out of, of Douglas and one of the issues in, in, in Ramsey is the lack of uh, office space at the moment or um, also the lack of existing government buildings. So we're moving into St John's actually to coexist in the existing building that's owned by government. What we do need... But though, that was a new building they built, wasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and again, with the experiences we've had, we're doing a lot more hot desking and reducing the number of people who have to be in one building. And that's what Ramsey can actually capitalise on. Um, Laurie Hooper has been instrumental in terms of having community hubs. So rather than government departments coming up here, let's have government services coming up here to serve the people of Ramsey. We don't necessarily have to get loads of people in their desks what we can do is get the services to local people so it's used far more effectively okay Jonathan Kinraid yeah in this modern world hot desking and people are used to working from home now we don't necessarily need to relocate a department here we need to possibly have a government premises here that people who live up north Ramsey Macauld was there can base themselves from there rather than going into Douglas for the day. Laurie Hooper. I'm glad everyone's finally caught up to the conversation, actually. In July, Timwald, I actually produced a report tabled in front of Timwald that said, well, actually, we're already doing this. So the community hub pilot was phase one of the work, which is bringing government services to Ramsey. Phase two is a hot desking hub. And I, and I heard the com comment earlier on, well, we'd need to build somewhere, perhaps, if this took off and became popular. Absolutely. Why wouldn't we? If it turns out that this is going to work and we can get 50, 100, 150 government staff working in Ramsey, living in Ramsey, walking to work, ticking your climate change box, ticking your active travel box. Why wouldn't you do that? And if government needs to invest in the town to do that, tidying up one or two of our brownfield sites, I'm all for it. Robert Cowell. Yeah, thank you. Work hubs, COVID, working from home. It's all taught us the modern way and technology is there. We don't have to relocate departments. You know, we can just say if you live in the north, or you live in Ramsey, you want to work from Ramsey, you crack on. You know, uh, what we are failing to forget is the town hall was built as a three-storey building effectively and the second floor of that building is empty easily convertible into office space for government workers. 
I think also we need planning reform. You know, doing things is too hard. I'm not going to name names. There's a certain development within the key side, which would have been offices by now, if things would have been a lot easier for said developer. Simon Mann. Yes, well, the only thing I want to see from government is not their buildings down here necessarily, but some, some sound investment in this town. We've got several thousand taxpayers here, and when I look around this town and look for anything particularly new that government has provided for Ramsey in the last five years, the only place I can see is the Mayfield Flats, and they were, were to my knowledge, planned well before this, this, this uh, current administration have, have, have been in power. And so what has Ramsey actually achieved in five years? What has, has our government, for all the tax that's been paid in this town, received back? And it's now time we've seen some investment in this town. So, yes, we'll have something from government. They can come and spend and invest some money in this town, improve the place for the benefit of everybody. Luke Parker. Yeah. <clears throat> Keeping services. It's no point having uh, loads of offices. I mean, the big influx of people is lovely, but services. I think in, t in return of providing services will come the natural attraction to then bring people because you're offering services to people on their doorstep rather than having to go elsewhere is the key, key thing for that. Okay, uh, we're about halfway through live uh, from the Mitre in Ramsey tonight. I'm Andy Wint with the candidates Dr Alex Allenson, Robert Cowell, Laurie Hooper, Jonathan Kinraid, Simon Mann, Luke Parker, Leonard Singer and Erica Spencer. And bobbing up and down outside the Carevi and the Tom Ryan were right by uh, the harbour in Ramsey. So it's now time to get out and about uh, with the microphone. And uh, first of all, have we got a question there? Uh, lady there. And uh, we're just about to get the microphone there. Sorry, your name and your question, please. Hi, my name's Lamara Crane, and I would like to ask, um, as the candidates, could you just look along the row and acknowledge whether there's an issue with women being in politics on the island? Um, and what would you do to address this issue if you believe that there is one? Well, there's only one uh, woman who's standing. Erica uh, Spencer is with us. Are there enough women in politics? That's a big subject. Off you go. I, I would say there probably aren't enough women in politics. Uh, as a woman, I would like to think that any votes that I get will be on the issues that I stand for rather than on my gender. But in general, women are poorly represent, represented in Manx politics. Did you have any thoughts when you, you obviously want to become an MHK? It's a, it's a, there are sharp elbows out there in the political world. Did that bother you at all? Not at all. My answer is bring it on, to be honest. I'm as tough and as strong as, and as intelligent as the guys. OK, um, so uh, Robert uh, Cowell, wh uh, why aren't there more women in politics? I think Erica's right. She's very right. We live in a modern world. You know, I think the fact that we still talk about equal opportunities is, is horrifying, really. You know, anyone can stand. I don't you you know, any, to stand, you know, anyone can have a go. And the lack of female representation is poor. Uh, I don't really know what the answer is other than to encourage females to stand. Laurie Hooper. So uh, it's definitely an issue, but if you look at some of the statistics, you look at the amount of women actually get returned to the House and to Timwald, roughly in the same proportion to the number of candidates. And so it's not that there aren't enough women getting elected, it's there aren't enough women standing. And there was a small piece of work done into this, actually asking the current members of Timwald, why do you think this is? What are the issues? One of the things that came up was around the hours of work. So Timwald can sometimes be sitting very late uh, into, the, into the evening, and that's a bit of a disincentive sometimes for people that have you know, young families, which tends to be uh, women rather than men having that childcare responsibility. 
responsibility. How you solve it is quite complicated, I think. Uh, part of it could be changing the hours of work. Part of it is endorsing party systems like ours. And I'll tell you, my party reached out to a lot of people, had a lot of conversations with potential candidates. And uh, overwhelmingly, again, the majority were men, a lot of very interested women interested in standing. But again, raising some of these same issues around hours of work and other responsibilities. And it's a complicated picture. But I think definitely we can do more. Alex Allenson. Yes. I, I I mean, in terms of female representation, it isn't good enough. I mean, it's not good enough in terms of the keys. It's not certainly not good enough in terms of the council ministers. And if we're going to break down the boundaries for, for women standing and people of any different um, culture and people with disability standing, we have to make it far more accessible. Now, that means dealing with the barriers for people standing, the toxic nature of, of um, social media, for instance, the hours of work, also the lack of childcare provision and the lack of being able to job share when you actually get into um, the Parliament. So there, I think there are a whole range of issues there that we can work with. Things are improving. 2016 at the election was a watershed in terms of getting more women into Timwald. The MLC elections that came out after that, again, accelerated that change. So it's all there. But we need to ask women and um, people from minorities why they're not standing and address that to make them able to do so. Simon Mann. Yes, well, of course, the island has had an appalling record as far as equality is concerned, and it's not just been with women. But in fact, as we stand at the moment, of course, there's no bar on women standing for the House of Keys. And the, the discouragement, I feel, is actually in the way the House of Keys operates. And when we see the House of Keys frequently sitting till late in the evening, the simple, ordinary answer that most people would have is, well, why don't they sit more frequently? Uh, the working man has to work you know, th throughout the entire week, and yet we have these very rare and very short periods when, when, when our government actually sits. It's no wonder that women aren't attracted to that environment. And I think we've got to, we've got to start to improve that. Definitely. Jonathan Kinraid. Yeah, I agree. We, we certainly need more female representation. Um, it's, there are barriers to entry right through this process. I'm learning more and more as I'm doing it. It's a big deal for somebody to have to take months off work without any pay. Some of us are fortunate. We run our own businesses and that means you've got the opportunity to do it. I certainly couldn't have given my notice in to run to maybe have a job on the 24th of September or not. Disabled people are not going to be able to go around knocking on everybody's doors. There are too many barriers to entry. The cost of running a campaign is another one, rules out another whole section of society. Luke Parker. I think one key issue is the engagement with politics. And it's not just directed to women, I mean generally, is to educate actually what is involved. And I'm talking from young people, youth, which is always a hot topic within politics to engage more. Same for, same for women, but also, also men. I think there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding of actually what you need to do to get involved. Being involved with the local commissioners, you just you turn up to a minimum requirements, turn up to a meeting and give your say and hope that you do your best. And I think sometimes we over big this picture that we're going to be encompassing ourselves and hindering ourselves that we can do things and we can't have a life outside of what we're doing in politics. And I can tell you right now, you can. And I'll encourage all sexes, all ages to get involved in politics. And we need a broad range, not just of women, but a broad range of men, women and ages as well to, within politics. For Leonard life. Singer. I agree with practically everything that's been said, because we do need more women in politics. Uh, we need a different viewpoint, and that's what we will get if we get women in politics. Um, and uh, so how do we encourage them? Just by talking. I was in Kenya a few years ago, and there at the parliament, they actually have 
um, seminars for women to, to teach them about politics and encourage them to stand. Now, maybe that, that's not exactly that. We could do that. But um, again, but I think people should be elected on merit. Whoever stands, it should be elected on merit. But we had somebody mentioned about uh, sharp elbows. Men have got sharp elbows. Yeah, it was you, wasn't it? Me, yes. Well, I, I know a couple of women who, who, I, who were in Katimu with me, like Brenda Cannell and uh, Claire Christian. Their elbows are just as sharp as the men's. OK. Uh, uh, next question. Uh, your name and your question, please. Christine Sugden. It's a two-part question, really. Um, what's the panel's view on overseas aid and also taking in a small number of refugees? Jonathan Kinraid. OK. Um, this is a controversial one on the doorstep, but my opinion is we should be offering more overseas aid. Um, not a huge amount, but a, a bit more, bring us more in line with other... At the moment, we're mandated to offer 0.7% GDP under the UN. I don't think we're quite spending that at the moment. No, would you take in Afghan refugees? I would certainly look at... We should be helping everybody we could, and what's the best way for us to do that? Um, we'd, you'd have to seek advice from the people in exterior relations as to how many people we can actively offer support to. You don't want to bring people over here and not have the facilities and the services in place to back them, to help them and support them. So yeah, we should absolutely be taking as many as we can actively help. And if that means sending some money to other parts of the UK, maybe where they've got those facilities in place to help more than we maybe could as well, possibly look at Laurie that. Hooper. So it's an interesting one. So I'd agree that actually we should be uh, meeting that international commitment that we've already made. Uh, but in terms of, in terms of uh, refugees, I think what, what is worth bearing in mind is a lot of these people uh, were out there in Afghanistan supporting some of our forces, supporting British servicemen and servicewomen. And so if we aren't going to offer the support to them in their time of need, then what does that say about us as a nation? And equally, a lot of them are skilled. They're translators, they're doctors, they're nurses, they're teachers, they're engineers. We need these kind of people here anyway. So maybe a better thing for us to do, instead of thinking, well, how many refugees can we take? We should be going out to the UK with a massive net and saying, come and apply for a job on the Isle of Man. We need people with your skills. Robert Cowell. Yeah, fantastic answer. Afghanistan is probably the worst human crisis of the modern, modern world. Um, I'd be absolutely all for taking in refugees. You know, the armed services protect the Isle of Man. And we've, I think we almost forget that in a way, that we are part of the uh, UK's military efforts, if you like it or not. And we have a social responsibility to those individuals, and I think we should be protecting them. Um, and in regards to the GDP of 0.7, yeah, absolutely keep up the uh, payments. Alex Allenson. We are a relatively rich nation. We have a responsibility to take our role in terms of the world stage. Most of the overseas aid goes to organisations actually based on the island who then reach out. So I'm completely for, for that continuing. In terms of refugees, Afghanistan is a very unusual situation where we have very skilled people, often who, with links to British armed forces, leaving because they're being targeted because of those links to British armed forces. The UK is going through an entire resettlement programme. I think we should be looking for those people who have the skills, who want to work over here, who can contribute to the Isle of Man um, community, and we should embrace them. Erica Spencer. Uh, I, I think the best measure of society is their compassion and therefore we should try and help as much as we possibly can. If we can increase the amount of aid above the 0 0.7 then we should do that. I've been having a look at what other areas of the UK, uh, how they've approached this situation and South West Scotland had a good idea. What they did was they did a, a, a kind of a, 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 rec a reconnoiter of how many Afghan refugees could be supported within 
that community and they said okay we can we can take in x number of families because we have the support for them the housing etc etc so please give us all those families and i think we should do that we should have an idea of how many families how many people we can take onto the isle of man and we should open our arms wide and say please come and find safety on our island leonard singer yes i agree with what eric said um these people are genuine refugees they're not just sort of coming for jobs, people who are looking for jobs, etc. They're genuine refugees, they're in great danger. Yes, bring them here. Yes, they, they have got the skills. And uh, they speak English, most of them, because of the jobs they were in. So, yeah, I agree that we should be looking at taking some in. The other part of the question was about general overseas aid. Um, I support that we should give some overseas aid, but I, I, but I wouldn't give it to NGOs. It has to go directly to the scheme. Why, why not NGOs? Because it, 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 we know the record of NGOs. It, it, a lot of money often disappears when it goes abroad. I would put, give the money direct to the schemes. We had one, I think, people on the island here were going to Malawi and they were helping find water. And that money went directly to that scheme. Right. And we knew our money was being used. It didn't get dissipated elsewhere. So Manx schemes organised by Manx people in other parts of the world? No, I think there was a Because there was one certainly. about sand dams, I think, in, in Africa years ago. Luke yeah. Parker. Yes, I'll be very much in support of still giving support, financial support to off, offshore countries or wherever it needs to any skill sets or any other charities that as an island or government we support currently. And if we can afford to pay more, then obviously let's do so. Let's give what we can. Um, as for the refugees, I would love to take on refugees. Um, it's obviously, I know it's talked about skill sets and things. As a father, what a terrible situation for all those families to be in. And we, as, a, as already mentioned, as a rich culture, should be supporting these, these families and these people who are in dire need. And to think of having children involved in things is, is horrendous. At the same time, what does mainly concern me, we currently have medical issues on the island. We currently have schooling issues on the island. And we also have financial issues on the island. We need to get our home sorted out first before we entice or bring these people over and go, welcome to our home, but what a mess. Simon Mann. As well. Yes, well, as far as the overseas aid is concerned, I think the safest way that that is spent is it's directed to the immediate emergencies as they occur around the, uh, the emergency relief. And that's, it goes in at the sharp end and gets used properly. And we can be sure then that it is being wisely spent. As far as the refugees are concerned, we have to put our, ourselves in the position, if some disaster were, occurred to the Isle of Man, a nuclear explosion or something, and we all suddenly had to leave this island, we would hope, all of us would hope, that somebody would take us in. And that's the basic humanitarian answer to this. However much people may feel against this, these are fellow human beings. They're the same as us. They work. They all do the same jobs as us. And when, t when push comes to shove and there's hard hardship in this world, we should be prepared to welcome in our share. It's a, it's a responsibility across the globe. And I think it won't be a massive number of people when it comes down to what the actual share is. And I also feel that the churches on the island have a role to play in the middle of that. Okay, uh, next question, please. Your name and question. Hello, my name is Isabel Murdoch. I would like to ask the panel 
what their view is on the current electoral system, the first-past-the-post system. Would you be in favour of a change to proportional representation, either to um, elect people as present, or would you support the Scottish system where some people are elected locally and some are elected regionally? Uh, just tell me, how do you think a proportional representation, uh, a pr proportional representational system would work with very little party politics in the Isle of Man? I don't think it requires party politics. Okay, Laurie Hooper. Um, so I would absolutely support some form of single transferable vote, sort of ranking candidates in order of preference. I think that's quite a sensible idea. Uh, a Scottish system with a list is really interesting because I've, in the back of my mind, been thinking for a while about how you would elect members of the Legislative Council. And maybe that's a sensible route to go down for that, where you can lo uh, vote locally for your local MHKs, but actually vote nationally or in larger uh, constituencies, perhaps for LegCo members. Okay, madam, if you don't mind, I'm going to piggyback um, uh, an electable MLC on the back of that. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Robert Cowell, um, what are your views on that? And would you have an elected, would you like to see an elected uh, LegCo? Yeah, so thank you very much. Good question. I would keep the first past the post, I think, for for the Isle of Man politics. MLC being elected, I would like to say yes. I would like to see the MLCs elected. Um, I, part of me thinks radically and thinks, you know what, let's scrap MLCs. And from the 24 MHKs, we have a separate division within that to go into an upper chamber, voted within the elected individuals. Laura, Alex Allenton. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a really interesting concept to talk about constitutional reform and the way we vote. The main impetus, though, is to get more people to vote in the first place. Yeah. I mean, we've talked in the past about electronic voting. I think as we go over the next five years, we really need to look at that again. Personally, I think the system sort of works at the moment. I think we need a simple system that people understand and can actually engage with. And that's one of the main problems. Ramsey's always had a relatively high turnout, but we look at other places, other constituencies in Douglas, and hardly anyone comes out. They have 30, 40, 40%. So we need to tackle that. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Kenray. Yeah, I think the system works relatively well as it is. Keep, keep it fairly simple. It Do you think MLC should be elected? Um, no. I'm going to be slightly controversial to say no. I think their role is so specific to scrutinising um, policy and that sort of thing. They're a different type of skill set. They're not necessarily politicians in the traditional sense of a popularity contest. Simon Mann. Yes, well, we, we, we did experiment briefly with the single transferable vote. STV. Yes, and it, 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 it actually created vast problems for the returning officers in doing the calculations, and in an eight-seat constituency, it would actually be a nightmare. Um, the first-past-the-post system has always worked well for the island, and I would suggest that certainly using modern technology, and they'll has at least been one jurisdiction that actually experimented in having the polling booths in supermarkets over the space of a week. And, and the score actually coming up on a screen. And you could then actually see the developing picture as to, as, as to who was ultimately going to get elected. A voting booth in ShopRite. And it, 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 not in ShopRite necessarily, but what I'm saying is in the jurisdiction where it was tested, it actually resulted in right. a massive turnout would you, and a uh, very clear result. Would you like to see LegCo elected? No. Luke Parker. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the same. I'm, I'm a no with LegCo being, being elected. I think, again, what their jobs do by MHKs being the electorate and we are the ones that 
basically see you and then we can go forward with that. I think that's the best way to have two separate elections would, I think, will be very, very messy to some degree. Um, and I think it'll be, I think you'll end up having a two tier system where we will have one sort of mandate where we'll be selling to you guys or what we want to do and then those who are promising other things because they're trying to get your approval as well i think it'll cause confliction within that by having just one electorate and then we can push our our mandate forward sort of thing leonard singer first past the post it works on the island man because we're so few uh, only got 24 people in the house um i'm against an elected legislative council because what it would mean is there would be the actual legislative members would have a larger area they represented uh, and therefore they could claim that they had a greater mandate than the members of the House of Well, they do that in Jersey with deputies and senators, don't they? So there are, there are regional deputies and nationwide senators in, in Jersey. But the other, the, the, well, you're right, but I, I think, but what I'm saying, I think they would claim that they had a better mandate. And also, if you're only going to divide, say, eight into eight areas, and we all were, everybody's independent, yeah. and they have to run their own election, and the costs to us all here are quite considerable in just in the uh, constituency. It, it would be unaffordable for a lot of people and therefore you wouldn't necessarily get a, a good choice of members. It would only be those who could afford it. Okay, Erica Spencer. I think like uh, members of the Legislative Council should be elected for transparency reasons and I also think that we should have a look at the role that they fulfil and question whether some of that can be done by existing civil servants to keep costs down. Um, and yes, the, uh, and first, I, past I the post. first past the post seems to work well. So Okay, uh, just one thing I want to uh, bring up, and it, uh, last time I sat in this room doing this type of programme was in 2001, uh, when um, contesting on the panel were Brian Beatty, Alan Bell and Crane, Joe Rooney and Leonard Singer. Of course, uh, Mr. Singer and Mr. Bell were elected in 2001. I'll just tell you, the turnout in Ramsey in 2001, anybody guess? 66. 66.4%. 66.4%. So it'll be interesting to see what the turnout is going to be in Ramsey. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the candidates to give you their minute, why they think they should have your vote. So in reverse order, Erica Spencer. Hello, why do I think I should have your vote? Um, I'm, I'm new to this in the Isle of Man. I'm at an age where I've had a lot of experience working in different departments. I bring enthusiasm to the post. I bring knowledge. I bring experience of um, the various aspects and the issues that are affecting Ramsey at the moment, as we just talked about, regeneration. We need to look at our rating system. We need to look at more jobs. Uh, we need to look into our schools. Some of our children are being educated in porter cabins, etc. I bring my enthusiasm and hopefully my dynamism to the job if elected, uh, and I would love to represent the people of Ramsey. Leonard Singer. I served as Ramsey MHK for 12 years, uh, and I'm a, I am a current commissioner. All that means that I, I have wide experience and knowledge amongst politics. I know how it works and how it doesn't work. My enthusiasm for the job is undiminished. So it's working for Ramsey, working with Ramsey, speaking up for the town. Your problems are my problems, and I will work on your behalf 
to get a result, to get justice, to expose unfairness, and to show that if you put your trust in me, that your vote was justified. And finally, I'm standing here to see the back of the marina, let it see it go, the back of the marina on, on the South Beach. Luke Parker. Yeah, over, over the past decade, I'm involved in many aspects of the town, both personally and professionally. I'm organising many events as, as part of Ramsey, being part of the Ramsey Youth Committee, Ramsey Chamber of Commerce, and more recently held the position of Deputy Chairman for Ramsey Town Commissioners for the past five years. We've been involved in many aspects of the town, both, like I said, personally and professionally. I believe that rather than spending the first couple of years getting to grips of how politics nationally and locally work, that I can hit the ground running, and with your support, that together will make Ramsey and the island a better place. Simon Mann. Yes, well, I'm a non-practicing lawyer, qualified in two jurisdictions. I have 40 years' experience of law and law enforcement. My experience of Ramsey goes back longer than any of the other candidates sitting in front of you t uh, tonight. I lead on, on the issues as far as the uh, current marina proposals are concerned. I've been firmly against that since 2019. And more importantly, the burning issue for Ramsey is to get a new medical centre and some decent health service for this town. I can only ask you for a very strong mandate on that on election night. Thank you. Jonathan Kinraid. Yeah, so I'm a very proud Manxman and I'm wanting the island and Ramsey to be the best it can be for me, my children and all of our futures. The time is right for me to stand a combination of life and business skills of over 20 years split between running my own businesses and working for other people it means I have enough experience to contribute and enough passion and awareness to be relevant. Uh, I'm used to learning and adapting very quickly, picking things up, running with them, utilising the information and skills available rather than thinking I know everything myself and building relationships with others. I'm honest, hard-working, passionate, not afraid to mix things up, and not afraid to rattle a few cages. I want to do the best I can for Ramsey and the whole island, and would relish the opportunity to be what I think is going to be part of a fresh new intake into Keys. Thank you. Laurie Hooper. Uh, thanks very much, Andy. Uh, it's been a privilege to serve as one of your MHKs for the last five years. You've heard today a lot of very good five-word statements, like we must improve the town. But these are only the tip of the iceberg. What I'm really interested in is the next five words. How are we going to do it? And the five words that come after that, how to pay for it. And the five words that come after that. Being an MHK is much more than just slogans. These challenges facing us take much more than just five words. Government is not about politicians playing to the crowd. I've demonstrated over the last five years that I'll work hard and I'll work for you. That I've got the courage to stand up for Ramsey and make your voices heard. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me on the doorstep. Have a read of my manifesto if you haven't already, as these conversations help put it together and help me build it to reflect the needs of Ramsey. When, the, when it comes down to it, though, the power to choose your next government rests with you, and I would encourage you to all go out and vote on the 23rd of September. And please, if you do vote for me, let's get straight back to work. Robert Cowell. Thank you, Mr Wint. I've got more than five words, Mr Hooper. <laughs> I'm a current commissioner for your town. Uh, I want to serve Ramsey. My main point is we need to get back on track with our economy. Economic growth has to be at the forefront of what we think about going forward. I want to retain our youth so youth talent doesn't leave the Isle of Man and never to be seen again. I want to broaden our jobscape, bring new business to the island. My skill set would sit within the Department for Enterprise or perhaps the Treasury Department. I do not want Ramsey to be a negative place. There's a few candidates here that say Ramsey says no. no my message is Ramsey says yes. Yes to economic growth, yes to redevelopment, yes to a better travel system, yes to the right marina, and yes to better healthcare provisions. 
I want to be your voice and help you. Thank you very much. Dr Alex Allenson. Thank you. Being elected to represent the people of Ramsey back in 2016 was one of the proudest moments of my life. We've gone through an unprecedented 18 months. I think the next administration has to hit the ground running. We've got a crucial decision to make in terms of whether we invest in the future of our nation or whether we start to pinch, save money and put it all into reserves. I am for investment. We've got to tackle climate change, we've got to tackle intergenerational fairness, but fundamentally we've got to invest in the infrastructure, not only in Ramsey, but throughout our island. That's why I'm standing again. I'd like to thank all the people who are standing with me for this post, because it takes bravery and courage to stand up and be in the, in the public limelight. But the main thing when we get to next Thursday, the 23rd, is that people come out to vote, that the people of Ramsey have their say to define what happens over the next five years. OK, uh, thanks to all the candidates. We do have a couple of minutes to spare. So I did cut you off, madam, in your prime. Your name and your question was? Um, my name is Claire McDonough. My question's about local authorities. We've recently had a local authority election at which we only had nine candidates elected at Ramsey. What are your thoughts on local authority reform and do we have too many local authorities on the Isle of Man? OK, very briefly, um, to Erica Spencer. I like the idea of local representation, so I think that we should keep local authorities. Uh, it's a shame that only nine people step forward, but uh, possibly... I think that says a lot about people's despondency at the moment. Leonard Singer. Um, we, need, we do need a change. We have too many local authorities. We need uh, to make it much more efficient. Do you believe in the four plus one? North, I, south, east, west. Plus one, yeah, yeah, and that's been pushed for ages. And why it hasn't gone through is there are too many MHKs who represent the parish, count, the parish council. They voted against it. The other thing, quickly, is the previous situation was where you had... Members on the council, a third of them had to stand down each year and stand again. So you had some continuity for, of, of people for, for, three, in, for two years out of three. So I would go back to that because it will mean that there's elections every year and people who could get a chance to stand, if they didn't stand one year, they could stand another year. Luke and now, now it's impossible. Yeah, I'm, I'm in favour for local authority reform. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time to explain the whole aspects of that because it's not just about local authority reform. It's local authority reform and also government reform. Government has to reform to adapt to local authority reform at the same time. It has to be intertwined to each other because they all need more finance, more funding and more adaptability with the areas that they have. Simon Mann. Yes, well, it definitely needs to be reformed. We've got some of the highest rates in the island in Ramsey. And look at the state of the town. What are we getting for the money that's being paid? So yes, it definitely needs to be reformed and I would suggest that the amalgamation of, of some of the authorities and, and a, a close look at what's, what they're having to pay for local authority housing which should be covered by government. Alex Allenton. We need local government reform, absolutely. We also desperately need the reform of the rating system to actually make sure that the services that people need are provided to them in the most efficient way. Uh, Robert Cowell. I'm very proud to be on the local authority. I agree. Four plus one, yes, please. Far too many local authorities. Rate reform, absolutely. Why do you think, why do you think not enough people pitched up for the Ramsey election? I think... Uh, <laughs> I'm not very popular. I think there's a PR problem. Uh, and I hope that all the candidates here who aren't successful stand in the by-election for local authority and we actually boost the town hall and take it forward. Laurie Hooper. 
So yeah, local authority and rates reform, well overdue, definitely needs to happen. Definitely yes to fewer local authorities. But you know what? I'll say to Lamara, Claire, Isabel, Christine, Claire, all of you, uh, stand. Go for it. There's three empty seats on the commissioners right now. There'll be, there'll be a by-election in the, in the next couple of months. Jonathan Kinraid. Yes to 4.1, yes to rates reform, and uh, yes to closer working relationships between commissioners and keys. Okay, if you're, uh, a, can uh, if you're a constituent in Ramsey, uh, I mentioned at the start of the programme there's an extra pre-election meeting, what used to be called requisition meeting, at West Hall, Ramsey Grammar School, next Monday the 20th, and Manx Radio is going to be live on air. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll be at Douglas Rugby Club for the middle constituency. On Thursday, at Onken Views, Ocean Views, for the constituency of Onken. Next Monday, a week tonight, at uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe in Port Aaron Station for Russian, and a week tomorrow night at Seven Kingdoms in Douglas for Douglas Central. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank uh, Dr. Allenson, Robert Cowell, Laurie Hooper, Jonathan Kinraid, Simon Mann, Luke Parker, Leonard Singer, and Erica Spencer, your candidates for Ramsey, and thank you for being with us tonight at the Mitre in Ramsey.